A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Life and Balance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your mournful manager, Frank Eastman. Today is a sad day. I have to put out a call for a new co-host, because Derek has died of tuberculosis. I know you'll all join with me in more- Wait, he's motioning to me. He's trying to use hand signals. I I think he's saying he's not dead yet. Right you are, good buddy. Today is a sad day. By the time you hear this, Derek will have died of tuberculosis. Wait, he's... He's got a pencil. Don't don't strain yourself, dear friend. Rest easy, knowing that I will go on. Oh. He says he's not dying, he just lost his voice, and we did a clipisode to let him rest his vocal cords. Alright. Carry on, then. So, I wanted to talk to you today about the literary treasure that is Chuck Tingle. Okay. I have... Have you... I don't think I know what Chuck Tingle is. You have not heard of Chuck Tingle. All right. Chuck Tingle is a uh, authorial powerhouse who was nominated for the 2016 Hugo Awards as a joke. He is a hyper-niche absolutely crazy ass gay erotica author <laughs> well with titles my language titles such as my billionaire triceratops craves gay ass <laughs> oh the perennial classic <laughs> pounded by president bigfoot <laughs> and space raptor butt invasion Uh, and then some of his crowning achievements are pounded in the butt by my own butt. <laughs> and, and then, like, pounded in the butt by my book, pounded in the butt by my own butt by Chuck Tingle. <laughs> so this is the worst of the purple prose, but he's become something of, like, I guess an internet touchstone. Uh, just because his stuff is so crazy that it's obviously not meant to be taken seriously in any way, shape, right. or form. And, it, and the, the writing is truly atrocious. It's more, I think, joke fiction, which was why, like, it was intended to be an insult to the awards that this troll community had essentially thrown the vote and gotten this guy put up for the award um but then he he kind of you know ran with it uh so i mean is this kind of like uh halle berry showing up to receive her own razzie type of level 
Like, you're not supposed to receive your Razzie in person. It's supposed to be, let's all make fun of them while they're not here. But then when they show up, it's like, oh, we can't really do the stuff we were going to do because it's really mean about you. I, I guess so. I don't want to live in this world anymore, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of room in my head, and I don't want to fill it with with Chuck Tingle <laughs> literature. That That's not my go-to, I think. <laughs> and I swear to Christ, Frank, if I see any of this shit pop up in my inbox, like, where you have emailed me a gift of these books, I will return them. I will, <laughs> I will print them out and 95 fucking theses nail them to your door in protest. All right. I do I do not want that on my fucking Kindle, Frank. <laughs> so I guess now would not be the time to tell you that uh, he has got a podcast produced by the Welcome to Night Vale people, where various famous uh, personages, well, famous in an internet sort of way, personages right. read his short stories. All right. What's it called? What's it called? You might ask. What's it called? Pounded in the butt by my own podcast by Chuck Tingle. <laughs> I I should have guessed. I should have guessed. <laughs> oh, oh, you are the reason I am now typing pounded in the butt into pocket casts. This is on you, Frank. You're going to get some weird ads after this, Derek. Oh, God. After this podcast, I get weird ads already. <laughs> My phone doesn't even want to type that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've had to like, autocorrect no, this four times. No, Derek, don't do it. We, we got it. Uh, so... <laughs> this is so... This is so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, can we please go to the deep dive? And it's not about butt stuff, please. <laughs> well, it is about making friends at work, so. <laughs> you have tainted my beautiful positive message. Oh, God. <laughs> the good part of working in an office with a lot of people is that the chances for making friends are fairly high. It's never I, happened, Derek. I was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> that that whenever you go into a new office, you kind of scope out the people that are there. You kind of get this idea of almost like uh, almost like the levels in a video game. You you can tell who is going as far as friendships are going to be easy mode, and which ones are essentially like late game bosses. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you start with like the cheery people, you know, they're easy mode. They're, they're the, they're the ones that you go to get a little bit of XP and then, and then you work your way up. And you know, I consider my friendship with you to be, you know, kind of a, a culmination of a lot of other XP grinding <laughs> efforts. And then finally I was able to, uh, to defeat the, the final boss and become the friend of the monstrous Frank Eastman. So. I'd like to think that I'm the Hammer Brothers from Mario. <laughs> I, hate those uh, I mean, you, you do have that fancy little helmet, so... That's true. I mean, that's that's nice. 
That's mostly to protect myself. Protect that soft spot that never grew over. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, it's just like all... (laughs) All video game bosses have one weakness, and yours is the the soft cranial opening on the top of your head. Uh, I'm sorry that we just put that out on the podcast. So I was going to say, Derek, no, now, now everyone will know where my giant glowing red spot is. I'm the fucking prima strategy guide on how to beat Frank Eastman. Uh, that's it. Contra will never be the same again. And and for me, there's there's a fairly significant difference between work Frank and not work Frank. Uh, <laughs> namely to... the uh, namely the festive colored shirts that come on. You know the the times that I've been to your home. I mean, it has been just just rampant with with color and pizzazz and jazz hands. Oh and yeah, oh, it's yeah. really tasteful, but it is very very vibrant. I mean, Hawaiian shirts, I'm one of the few people, I think, if I can be so bold as to say it myself, that can pull off neon orange uh, in an eyeliner. My only complaint is that most people who wear those types of things are the people that say, I I, I think I'm one of the few that can pull it off. And I'm I'm just going to go here and say it, Frank. Every one of them are wrong. Well, I'll take it under consideration next time I'm at Sephora. No, 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 the, the, the eyeliner part was not a part of that. The eyeliner, that's you, baby. <laughs> you got that in one. So for me, it's, it's kind of a long sort of sussing out period where, you know, yeah, you're, you're getting to know people because one of the things that I have to do uh, as part of my job is navigate working relationships with people who are very different from myself, right. politically speaking, socially speaking, things like that. I mean, physical size, like all of these wee tiny people. (laughs) (laughs) You you are Lord of the Lilliputians. (laughs) So it was like, yeah, eventually you and I ended up, you know, we started hanging out outside of the workplace on a fairly regular basis. And and I never brought that up with anybody else. I will say, Frank, I, I don't I don't mean to I don't want to derail. I just wanted to, to put a little pin in this one. I do feel like whenever I was invited uh, to hang out with you and your friends, it felt a little bit like I was walking past an alley and somebody invited me to a speakeasy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it really felt like I was getting some sort of clandestine invitation. I was like, oh, what? But, and and it's completely true because I mean it it's one of those things like I I do tend to overthink things anyway, but then I do tend to suss people out as I said for a really long time. I mean, it was like, like a year after yeah. I started working there. <laughs> <laughs> I t- I took a long time to to marinate before you thought I was cool. <laughs> Yeah, being my friend and being in a uh, a secret cult are are pretty pretty much similar things. I did kind of have to have a little bit of a heart to heart with him, um, which is it was super difficult for me to to deliver bad news to people uh, or deliver bad news. Sorry, man, I can't come hang out with you. That's the, I know it's the worst news I've ever heard. Um, Listen. <laughs> I've got but, uh, super malaria, and it's incredibly contagious. <laughs> but I, I mean, I did have to basically be like, "Hey, man, you know, you're you're cool, but you know, I 
I I like what we got going on here. I, I kind of friend zoned him a little bit with the uh, the, the work situation. You work zoned um, him. I work zoned him. <laughs> I put little orange cones around him. <laughs> little stripy little tape. caution tape. <laughs> Breaking out the traffic cone, <laughs> just blocking this person into, into their office. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's right. a lot of women in the world that would like to uh, to be able to just, you know, put up some caution tape and some traffic cones, and that would be the end of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Can we make that a thing? Like, just, just every lady has, like, some of those... Uh, uh, collapsible <laughs> traffic cones in their pocket. So anytime that anytime you know something happens, <laughs> they can just work zone somebody, somebody. Yeah, they just kind of like drop a few of the cones. It's like, oh, sorry, you can't walk here. This is a work zone. <laughs> <laughs> and then they flee from from the establishment. <laughs> want to get to an audience question? Let's do it. I may want to begin job hunting soon. Every time I see resume templates, I see sections for hobbies and interests. Are there some hobbies I should not list, like playing Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering, or being into dance theater? Are there good interests to lie about and say I do have, such as sports or Bitcoin, sent in by resume request in reform? So my my first thought is that <laughs> your instinct to not include D&D and Magic the, Magic the Gathering, uh, probably a Good idea to leave those off. I, but at the I same would, time, I would disagree. Like used to five, ten years ago, one hundred percent. That have been like, no, don't put Dungeons and Dragons as a hobby. You will be laughed out of the office. Right. But for some, for some things, you know, some uh, industries, it might be a positive now, especially something like software development. If you're, if you're right. like an actual software developer, right? Magic: The Gathering, I think, is actually not the worst thing. Uh, I don't know, Derek. Like, I'm going to disagree with you again, and I hate to keep interrupting <laughs> and doing this. <laughs> okay, wait. So you disagreed when I said that D&D was not the best thing, and now you're disagreeing when I say that Magic the Gathering is an okay idea. Make up your fucking mind, Frank. Come on. With Magic the Gathering, that's like copping to having a Coke habit. Like, they know where all your money's going. It's going to booster boxes. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's fine, but... <sighs> You're just over there scratching, waiting for the next foil. <laughs> Man, cocaine's cheaper. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, um, you get a lot of weird stares uh, if you're into taxidermy. Um, not not because it's not an amazing art form. Like Jessica and I were actually watching uh, watching Paddington last night. Um, <laughs> look, Frank, Frank, Frank. Wait, just just two seconds, two seconds. Paddington has almost a perfect rating on on Rotten Tomatoes. We're talking like at the time that I looked it up last night, like a fucking ninety seven percent. That is like top ten movies on Rotten Tomatoes, and. We were like, "What is this about? Like, there's no way it can be this good." And it's a and it's a good movie. Like, it is it is a well done movie. But um, the mm -hmm. the villain is is a taxidermist. They're all trying to like make her out to be real creepy. But we're just looking at us like, man, that is a really fucking good taxidermy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's very good at her craft. But right. her craft I mean, is evil. I mean, I kind of wanted to to 
her to catch Paddington so that she can make a really good taxidermy out of him. <laughs> I mean, is that wrong? Like, isn't Paddington like a stuffed bear already? Isn't I, I, that the whole thing? That's the same thought that I had, and I did not go back and look it up. But uh, no, in in the current iteration of it, he is a he is a real bear that learned to talk by some sort of ah, explorer to full, Peru. Okay, so is he a full sized bear? No, uh, the the rest of the bears are, but he is he is a very small bear. Oh, so the trade off for being able to talk was being a pygmy? No, he's he's like five, Frank. Come on. Oh, oh, he's like a young bear. He's not. Yeah, like he's not. A... He's not like some middle aged, middle aged bear. It's like some guy. Can I stay in your house? Come on. <laughs> I think I saw that movie. It was he's from the child. guy that did uh, that did Family Guy, right? <laughs> no, that was Ted. Would it be okay if I just read my boss's LinkedIn profile at the Boss Appreciation Day meeting at my company? Okay, the thing is, I got nominated by my coworkers to give a speech of appreciation for my boss by my coworkers as none of them wanted to. Let me take another stab at that. <laughs> I did not realize the sentence was going to end that soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the wrong emphasis on the improper syllable. <laughs> You, you do it in the bars. format of a roast. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, the, the roast is always a difficult thing to pull off, but at the same time, it's one of the few formats in which you can be completely honest about a terrible human being, and everybody still laughs. I've seen it done badly. It's very easy to do badly, but at the, like, I think at the end of the day... <laughs> Doing a roast of grandma at her 75th birthday is probably not <laughs> the, the right studio to do that in. I mean, I've um, learned the hard way. It's not necessarily the best format for a eulogy, but. <laughs> oh, man, that's way worse than what I said. <laughs> I mean, nobody's, nobody's been patting the butt by Derek Lewis, so. <laughs> we are forging new territory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can you can cut that if you want. That's fine. <laughs> oh, Derek, you know that's staying in. That's probably going at the front of the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's our new promo. <laughs> that's the that's the new lead in, man. I would like to tell you a story, Frank, and I think you'd be proud of me. All right. Uh, I nearly died before we started recording this podcast. <laughs> so the assassins missed. But see, the problem was they used a, uh, a rather unconventional tactic. They placed my cordless mouse that is uh, very dark in color on my office chair. I just sat on it. That bastard went uh, boldly where no man has gone before. Um, <laughs> I, I think found... I saw an episode of South Park about this. <laughs> so I lost my religion and found it again all in the span of about 10 seconds while I was extricating this thing from my anal cavity. <laughs> I think I may have voided the warranty. <laughs> this is why we say not to record nude, Derek. Have you seen a Cold Stone Creamery lately? Just around? You know, I... 
I don't remember seeing one, but it's one of those things that I don't necessarily... Again, yeah, during a period in college, it was relatively popular, and everybody's like, let's go to Cobblestone. <laughs> let's have some let's have some late uh late teens people who care nothing about anything let's let them just fondle our ice cream for a while <laughs> have you ever smelled something that smelled like play-doh and been like that's a good thing no and especially like they're describing it the first thing i thought of was they are describing some sort of wine but then i know also they're describing play-doh and so i just had the most unfortunate like this is the worst possible wine moment And I'm sure there's a wine somewhere that is like, hmm, oaky with slight hints of Play-Doh. And now we know that (laughs) slight hints of Play-Doh are sweet, slightly musky vanilla fragrance with a slight overtone of cherry. All the millennials that are getting into winemaking, (laughs) they're starting to make things from our childhood. It's like this one, this one smells like a strawberry shortcake, the, you know, the doll from the the 80s and 90s. This one tastes like push pops. This one tastes like push. Don't, don't you fucking... Come at me about push pops, man. I'll, I'll kill some push pops. <laughs> I know that for I a did. while in the nineties, like slime was big. Although apparently it's becoming big again in a in a yeah. make your own slime kind of thing. My daughter's like completely obsessed with like making slime out of glue and borax and then putting fragrances and stuff in it. But the borax, the, uh, yeah, do, uh, you have to use borax to make that shit. Apparently. Yeah, it's super healthy, man. <laughs> yeah, to to make it, you just put uh, Elmer's glue and then a little bit of little bit of bleach and a little bit of ammonia. They're training us to make mustard gas, Frank. Oh God! Well, at least my child yeah, will be ready to make plastique when time for the revolution arrives. <laughs> Thank you, viewers. We uh, or listeners, rather. Uh, Hopefully, there are no reviews. viewers given your lack of pants while recording. Not part of the kimono, but yeah, part of the kimono, and I'm not wearing anything underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way the silk feels on my nethers, <laughs> on the plums. <laughs> My my office is just out to kill me this for some reason this episode because I, I sat on my uh, my mouse before we started and then uh, I had set up the beanbag behind me to kind of be like a little bit of a, a sound block and uh, son of a bitch just start just decided to like roll over on me um, <laughs> and this is like a hundred and fifty pound beanbag this is not like <laughs> some packing peanuts falling over on me like I felt like somebody tackled my chair like it was. <laughs> What the hell are you doing with a 150-pound beanbag as a sound baffle? Well, <laughs> you make do with what you got, Frank. I guess so. I guess the kicker of it all is it's not really a good sound baffle. It's just it like any port in the storm, I suppose. Hold on, let me, let me fix this motherfucker. Jesus! <laughs> it's like moving a dead body. <laughs> Oh no, Derek's gonna get trapped in the rest of the podcast is just gonna be Derek calling out weekly for help from the other end of the room. Sometimes you'll run into people who've only ever read a word and have never had to speak the word. 
a, a lot this will uh, happen a lot with relatively rare like vocabulary kind of words where people just look at it right. and they're like mm, i think i'll just mm-hmm, i'll just go out on a limb i will say there there is one that gets me every time it is the word misled for some reason that word misled like i had you know i'd heard it i'm sure i've said it before plenty of times for some reason <laughs> There was some point in college, uh, I was I was reading it out loud, or you know I was reading out loud, and it came up to the where it said misled, and I said misled, and I was like, oh fuck me, I've never seen that written down before. <laughs> so I guess it works like, in the opposite Christ. direction. I find that really rude to go through through someone else's drawers. <laughs> Here's, I think here's that a tip: alone. never reach into someone's drawers without permission. <laughs> I had a coworker who did the candy bowl thing. It was like that was that was their thing, though. Like that was right. their thing. They wanted to to have the candy bowl. Uh, they got everybody's sort of. They knew what people they worked with's favorite candy was, and they'd spike the bowl with the good stuff. I'm right. looking at you, Reese's Cups. <laughs> Though I think a couple people in the office, me, me, I'm, I was probably included in that. Uh, Reese's were kind of a, a dangerous thing to put in the candy bowl because uh, I think several of us had this kind of sixth sense to, to know when she was about to dump some Reese's in the candy bowl. And so <laughs> we'd hear like the the uh, the telltale you know, thumps the telltale of crinkle. Reese's hitting the... Yeah, the the telltale crinkle, and all of us would kind of like pop up from our desks, be like, "The Reeses are here." <laughs> just like you see, do you see like stacks of paper just explode as we all sprint off towards the candy bowl? I mean, we could have just like bought our own. Oh yeah, that would that would defeat. Fuck that, that's free. <laughs> like I guess as a as a species, we enjoy the thrill of the hunt. I guess and. <laughs> I did not want to feed. I wanted to hunt. The, the Reese's Cup is that much sweeter if we had to uh, compete for it. Stalk wow. it through the savannah. <laughs> I didn't think I was an apex predator, but I mean, here we are. <laughs> oh, how far the mighty um, have fallen, Derek. You know, they, they never said whether this was uh, wrapped candy or loose candy. Uh, oh. I, I don't think we're gonna. We don't have enough time to go no. into it here, but that changes the game completely. No, I'm gonna be on a tear for hours, Derek. We're gonna have to cut that off, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Frank. Unwrapped candy. Uh, we're back to the sticky thing again, man. <laughs> but first, the daily stand-up. Time for the daily stand-up. Mm-hmm. I won't distract you this time. I'll let you get right into it. Oh, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> shit, I had nothing prepared. I was counting on you. <laughs> the the local place that we have near us that does Ethiopian food, they're all about it. You know, and, and it's great. Like, they're so proud of the food, and it, and they will talk to you for a long time about the food, and I love that. Um, I love people that get, get excited about their food. <laughs> but the problem is, uh, some of the tables that they have set up, like, you can either eat in the restaurant or you can eat in the tables outside. And there's windows from those tables into, like, the cooking area. Like, you'll be sitting out there scooping up your food with the uh, with the bread, and then you run out. 
And then you start kind of looking around for a fork. You know, you go a tree of a fork from somewhere else, come back, start eating, and you look up. And the owner of the restaurant <laughs> is locking eyes with you. And <laughs> you realize you have been caught. You have been caught defiling their food. We see you, Derek. We see you using with a fork. I have not gone for Ethiopian with anybody that I would not already eat off of their plate. Right. It truly is an exercise <laughs> in trust. <laughs> because in order for me to enjoy the meal, I have to, to trust that all of my companions have washed their fucking hands <laughs> in the recent past. Um, this is a this is a completely true statement. Plus, you're in a public space. So regardless of like the amount of time since previous hand wash, mm -hmm. you, you have been existing in sort of a public space and invariably your hands have touched other things. It's not like you've been walking around with one hand inside of a latex glove since the last time you washed your hands. You haven't. Even if it was right before you... <laughs> but it's not a sanitary thing. It's it's a kink. <laughs> so... <laughs> There's also a part of the the same cultural food practice there that I think is like uh, it's it's traditional for you know like a friend um, <laughs> to like wrap up a little bite of food and feed it to their other friend as uh -huh. a sign of respect. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, Derek, I love you and all, man, but I I ain't gonna have you wrapping up anything. And fingers stuffing it in my goddamn gob. Like, that's just not going to happen, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me, uh, <laughs> me finger fucking your face with Ethiopian food does not <laughs> sound like a good afternoon. All right, Derek, want to get to an audience question? Out of mouthful of water. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Come on. Offices have mandatory training anyway on uh -huh. various office skills. I think an improv class would probably do well for everybody. <laughs> I, I can see that. Yeah. And then just like every uh, every meeting, you start off. Part of the agenda includes an improv game uh, for people to play uh, during the course of the oh, meeting. Okay. No, I'm out. I am so fucking out. Oh, God. You, at first, I thought we were going somewhere where it's like everybody is just naturally funny and we let it be organic. But no, you're talking about fucking improv team building exercises. No. <laughs> you don't want to do scenes from a hat over a conference call, Derek? Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> oh. I'm oh I'm dying inside. I am literally I'm getting I'm getting secondhand embarrassment from something that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what would your feelings be on the office clown? And by office clown, I mean literal clown with the face makeup and everything. You know, I don't have a big problem with clowns. I don't like clowns. Like, you will never hear me say, thank God there's a clown. <laughs> but, uh... Ah, <laughs> oh, the, the clown universe, is here, at last. I'm not afraid of clowns, but, uh... I mean, I, I, I guess I'll take that back. I've never been pleased that a, that a clown was there. I mean, <laughs> at, at 
at a birthday party, didn't really care. At the supermarket, didn't really care. Funeral, really distasteful and didn't care. Um, <laughs> so uh, what, what style of clown are we talking about? I'm thinking like Bozo, Pennywise, you know, the classics. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Those two are not like one another. <laughs> <laughs> they're more alike than they're different, Derek. <laughs> Whenever you're asked to do something, like write it down, but but then take that to like the restroom and like Google it on your phone. It's like, how do I do this report? Like, it's like every time we ask Mary to do something, she writes it down and then excuses herself rapidly to the bathroom. And like like she's so nervous that she's like sweating. So when she comes back, like she's just like drenched. Like ooh ooh ooh. So you just you just come back out and you know you're drenched in sweat and then you just go bad clams. <laughs> That's fuck you, Frank. That's not funny. <laughs> Don't make a joke about my stuff. <laughs> oh shit, Derek. Honestly, I forgot that happened to you. <laughs> did you really? I did, Frank. I honestly did. Oh god, damn it. Sorry about that. I literally uh, have had dreams before where I, I've been offered clams and like it's kind of like uh, those old like 90s uh, commercials where they show like somebody creepy handing you some drugs like it's somebody creepily handing me some fried clams. I'm like, no, <laughs> just say no. <laughs> <laughs> this is your gastrointestinal track on drugs. I don't think I've actually had clams at all since I had the food poisoning. <laughs> I mean, that'll put you off your feed, Derek. That'll put you off your feed for a good long time. <laughs> Nothing like a bout of mild dysentery to put you off your feed. <laughs> Ain't them the brakes. <laughs> no, More so, like the uh, skids. Anyway. <laughs> no! Oh! Your double entendre game too strong, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Um, See, we're and, getting into my, my other thing and another thing. Like, this is my bit. <laughs> there we are. We're here. We've arrived at Frank's and another thing. The, the whole point of it is if you are a company that is hiring somebody and you are relying on somebody else to subsidize their paycheck because you won't do it, that makes you a shitty person. Tipping, donations, all that kind of stuff, those type of things all fall into that same category of if you have to get other people to donate to these people and you already pay them, you're just not paying them enough. That's that's all there is to it. Man, yeah. this was not a fucking funny bit at all, was it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Frank and Derek get real heated up about <laughs> How can you weasel out of it? The, the the first thing that comes to mind is the classic bit for if the uh, policeman fraternal society calls asking you for a donation is you say, I already gave it the office. Because <laughs> it's fucking delicious if you say that while you're standing in the office. <laughs> I said this was going to be a funny bit. I said we we're going to finish funny. I'm still mad. Like, I'm still just, just thinking, like, those motherfuckers. Uh, the funniest bit is Derek jumping up on his desk and just screaming, Viva la Revolution. <laughs> I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Seize the means of production. Power to the people. 
You know what else sounds All terrible, right, so Derek? The words sound whole. <laughs> and if you think about it, like that applies to to a lot of different. I things. mean, that applies to both uh, of us speak. in this fucking podcast. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you think I could get a cool name on this podcast, like DJ Melly Mel? Those are some cool-ass names. <laughs> like, we're just a couple of assholes using our real names. Like, <laughs> that's awful. I mean, I <laughs> announced for Roller Derby, so there I've got my nom de guerre, you know? Like, that, so I can uh-huh. bring that over to the podcast, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily on brand for us. And and the thing is, like I have, I have never had uh, any significant nicknames that were repeatable in mixed company. Like the the best one I think is uh, is Dirty D. But, but then again, like that, <laughs> oh, no, that's know, not man. even that's not even like specific to just me. Anybody with that has a a name that starts with D, they could be Dirty D. So like I didn't feel quite as special. Well, how about this? One of these days. How about because you know to stay on brand for us. DJ Khaki and Seersucker Slim. So so I, I like I like the slim. The part I'm not so thrilled about is the sucker part. That has connotations that I'm not sure that I'm I'm willing to tie my boat to. Oh, uh, but Derek, it's a it's a type of fabric that is especially popular for making suits here in the horrid, humid, hot for seven to eight months out of the year south. Is that true? Yeah, seersucker. It's uh, kind of uh, similar to the the fabric that you'd make pajamas out of. Oh well, that's more in, more informative <laughs> than I thought that answer would be. This is where, <laughs> this is just where like I cue up that rainbow with the fucking star. Like the more you know. <laughs> Frank's useless um, fucking trivia corner brought to you by. <laughs> If there's anything that I am, I am a pleasantly smelling guy. That is something that is the top of my list. I I may look a fucking mess, but I'm going to smell like I just came out of <laughs> fucking Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, <laughs> I can't get the looks, but I can afford the smell. Derek, uh, we, we have so. to have an intervention now. Axe uh-huh. body spray on a man your age. <laughs> it's not a good look, baby. People kind of get nose blind to the smells that are on themselves. Like, because typically, most of the time, people themselves aren't all that stinky. You know, if they're an adult, they probably have a, a decent self cleaning ritual. That's a really weird way to describe that. God bless. <laughs> I sat down um, and sort of licked myself clean. <laughs> I mean, your 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 body is clean, but your your breath smells terrible. <laughs> like one of the great cats at the Serengeti. Growing up, we lived in this one house that that had really bad mold problems. So we didn't notice the smell of mold. But one day, when I was in elementary school, some kid was like, "You smell like mold." I'm like, "Well, fuck you." <laughs> but uh, uh, but then I, I started like, to kind of fuck think about off, it. kid. <laughs> Probably at that point, uh, my response was probably something like, you smell like the dicks who sucked or something. I don't know. I was a very clever child. <laughs> Turnabout, but, uh, master thereof. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
some people are, are, you know, you've got allergies or whatever, but a lot of people will entrust themselves to these new age sort of deodorant products and will have what I like to call a blowout at about 11.30 a.m. <laughs> okay. Uh, please explain this blowout concept. Uh, what I've seen is that these products will work to some extent, but mm. then it just kind of goes away. It's not like a, a gradual fading. It's like <laughs> everything is fine, and then... <laughs> I'm sorry, Moon Unit, but your crystal has run out of energy here at about 11.30. I hope that my deodorant that I bought at Target works better than uh, some of that hippy-dippy stuff. <laughs> because uh, the last thing I want people describing about my smells is in terms of 11.30 blowout. <laughs> <laughs> The only other oh. thing I can think of that might help is if you strike up a conversation about how you don't like to eat certain food because it can be misinterpreted as the scent of B.O. And then just kind of leave that conversation hanging as you walk away. That's the only thing I can think of. And then when you get to the other side of the building, you can just turn and yell and be like, Janet, from here I can no longer smell your stank. <laughs> <laughs> and see, so you also provided a very important uh, function for them because now they know what their their stink perimeter is. <laughs> it's good to have boundaries, <laughs> and by boundaries we mean the perimeter of your stink lines. <laughs> I manage a group of thirty five to forty people, and while there isn't any gross behavior or mis or misconduct going on, I've noticed a lot of little things that are becoming more habitual. Fart humor, light practical jokes. I've seen instances for a while, but never said anything because I don't want to be that manager. But now I notice it more often, and it's starting to give me that little feeling in my stomach that it's not right and could lead to a bigger culture of poor manners and professionalism. Uh, no one has complained or anything. I just know it's not right. And I wish I would have put a stop to it from the beginning. Do you think it would be wise to have a meeting to address the overall professionalism in the office or start addressing the instances immediately one-on-one? -on -one? Ugh. What a turd. <laughs> oh, God. I, I had something, Derek. It was all queued up, but it was completely blown out of active memory by the statement, Oh, what a turd. Time for the daily stand-up. Mm -hmm. So guess what yesterday was? What was it? Yesterday was the summer solstice and okay. more importantly, the Fremont neighborhood in Seattle solstice festival. Cat texted me early in the morning to say outside of my window, there are a whole bunch of naked people on bicycles. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess I don't really have to ask what the accoutrement of the holiday is. Apparently it is naked people on bicycles. Naked people on bicycles. That is apparently the big thing, uh, for the solstice, the summer solstice in particular. The winter solstice might be a little, oh, yeah. uh, you know, nippy for, yeah. uh, for that particular wardrobe choice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently there, 
the the tradition is to get all like covered in body paint do like a whole big body paint costume and other than Mm. the body paint just hop on your bike all natural and ride it in a big parade uh that i cannot think of anything worse than slathering myself up in paint and giving myself a bicycle seat suppository that sounds absolutely (laughs) dreadful And they've got like a, a whole website for the for the festival, and there is a fact, and within the fact are questions like, "Is this an all ages festival?" Which it is, and so there is a note that is like, "Please be courteous and take into account the eye level of children when when deciding on your outfit off the bike." What the fuck does that mean? I think what it are means, you talking about? I think it means, like, <laughs> feel free to be naked on your bike, but but get, like, a loincloth or something so you don't have the dangle whapping the children as you walk through the parade, like, the uh, festival grounds. There are other useful notes, like, if you're going into any restaurants or bars in the neighborhood during the festival, please bring a towel, because... <laughs> Otherwise, it can take weeks to get the body paint off of the bar stools and benches. And in some instances, depending on the fabric, it may ruin them completely. So it is greatly appreciated if you bring a towel to sit down on. See, the, the body paint part of it is that's completely practical. I am far more worried about the butt and genital schmutz. That they would be imparting upon these things. You you can get something to clean paint. There are some smells that just do not come out of fabric. And <laughs> that, is, that is right up there on the list. Um, if I had an establishment around there and I saw some naked people walking in, I, I would not I would not appeal to their sense of, hey, don't get paint on my stuff. I, I would appeal to their sense of please don't put your stank ass on my bar stools. <laughs> your <laughs> like, funky please. summer bike butt. <laughs> if they've got the summer solstice one, there's the winter solstice one. I think I could probably go in for the naked bike ride during the winter solstice, just given my <laughs> uh, body type. <laughs> You you certainly would be the 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 last survivor, I think. I think so. Like it would just be like it's it's more of an endurance race. Like the summer one is kind of a ha ha festival. This one is just like the death race to see who gets across the finish line alive. And I'm pretty sure I could take all the kale eating hipsters from the artist colony uh, in see, a uh, in a trek across the frozen north with you know nothing but a bike seat for uh, for protection. <laughs> Of the nude sports, I think this is the closest uh, that your particular situation could come to performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> because <laughs> you have been training for that particular event your entire life, and you just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> My time has come. See, for me, I, I guess I'm one of those people that just always remains perpetually paranoid when you said Netflix and Twitch, I was like, who the fuck has the cojones to sit there and watch Twitch or, you know, stream the latest Santa Clarita diet on Netflix? 
in the middle of the work day like that's just fucking baffling to me so i don't i don't necessarily have the same problems in in that respect like uh, i think for me it's more just like i'll wander off a little bit in the in the slowest <laughs> moments like i just won't be there anymore and i will i will go do something else <laughs> It sounded very ominous there for a second. Like, did you just do you just disapparate when you're bored? Like, <laughs> you got to hold my attention, Derek, or I just kind of <laughs> puff into smoke. Yeah, but if, the, if we can keep this next section to a tight thirty, that'd be great because I've got some Italian beef waiting on me, and that's that's not a euphemism. That's actually. It's <laughs> like all right, you you be into what you're into. <laughs> So our first one is from Papa D 182 five stars, relatable fun. These hosts have great chemistry. I like their casual back and forth. They're witty, funny, and very relatable to the working class. The advice is from everyday people that share everyday situations. Really fun show. Everyday people? Working class? <laughs> the fuck do they think we are i'll have you know that i am lower middle class at best <laughs> that was uh maybe a little too truthful but nice. <laughs> i'm always willing to take the truth derek like we're just average joes we're the kind of people that you could crack a beer with although currently i'm on a low carb diet so i can't actually drink <laughs> beer but had to be like a michelob ultra Derek, I respect myself too much to drink a fucking Michelob Ultra. <laughs> I would rather sit there, crack open a decent beer, and everyone else drinks their beer while I slowly pour it out sip by sip on the ground. <laughs> or worse, Michelob Ultra with lime. Oh, that's a thing? That's a thing. Like, oh, I don't God. know. At this point, let's just, let's just fucking stop trying. Like, if I'm... <laughs> If I both can't stomach beer and also I can't handle, you know, the calories and carbs involved in a beer, I'll have a fucking water. Jesus. <laughs> it's already like having sex in a canoe anyway. <laughs> what? Weak beer. It's like having sex in a canoe. It's fucking close to water. <laughs> that is... That is the first time I have ever heard that phrase. <laughs> Just read, read, read the next one, Frank. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one. You know, Derek, I'm listening to this, and I have a question. Who the fuck's mm -hmm. childhood manages to span the Little Rascals, Willow, and Happy Gilmore? Because isn't the Little Rascals from, like, the 1950s or 60s? Not not that one. Like, the, the one, like, the relatively new one from, like, the 90s, I think, where it's like, I got a pickle, I got a pickle, I got a pickle, hey, 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 hey. You don't remember that one? The fuck, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> I've been asking you for a theme song for the last two episodes, <laughs> and you give me this pickle horse shit. <laughs> In some cases, like, it will be, am I baked enough to pass this, this interview? <laughs> I, 
think I think the corollary to that is also if you have to ask someone, do I look stoned? Heading into the interview, the answer is yes, and you you are too stoned for the interview. Like, <laughs> and you know, there, there's the running gag of uh, like two guys that are that are smoking weed, and one looks at the other and it's like, "Hey, man, do I smell like weed?" And he's like, "Nah, man, you're good." <laughs> like, that's the kind of shit that, that I would be worried about because uh, yeah, it's just like with like cigarettes or you know any anything else where essentially there's such like a malodorous uh, note to it. Other people will be able to spell it on you, even if you can't. So maybe go with you know, one of the more um, high tech options. Don't go for the like hot boxing in your <laughs> in your Miata. Like that's not going to work out well for you. That is that is late seventies, early eighties. I think today it is it is high quality edibles for your work interview buzz needs. Oh God! Holy shit! That is the worst fucking idea. Of all the ideas you have had, Frank, that is the worst. And let me tell you why. Okay, so you you smoke a joint. You get high right then. With edibles, there is a lot more to factor in on when you will get high. If you have not eaten anything, you take those edibles, you're going to get it pretty quick. If you have eaten that day and you're thinking, let me pop these edibles 10 minutes before I go into this interview... You're going to be stone cold sober for about 30 minutes, and then it's going to look like you had a fucking stroke. Like, it's going to be... (laughs) You will will be mid-fucking sentence. Well, when we're talking about synergy, I think... uh, uh, Yeah, man. Synergy's great. (laughs) So here's the thing. I'm unfortunately showing my hand uh, Uh in the I'm not a hip cat that... uh, smokes those marijuana cigarettes um but if if that's the case here here i think is the solution if you can show your math and show up to the interview precisely (laughs) fucked up enough to be completely functional that in and of itself is probably successful interview material i can't think of a a really great field that you could be going into that it would look good for you to be going in high or talking about your recent marijuana consumption, even even in a legal state like it's you wouldn't have somebody saying it's like, yeah, uh, I just got out of the car and shotgun three natty lights. Let's go, motherfuckers. <laughs> Everybody has their their pre uh, pre interview ritual. <laughs> if yours it involves. <laughs> Under the uh, advice of a medical professional or a good weed Sherpa. (laughs) How bad, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) My doctor gave me this prescription. Also, Skinny Dave down at the shop told me that this is going to be the kindest bud. This is the best shit for getting completely blasted before a big interview. (laughs) <laughs> takes the edge off of uh, me and leaves my mind sharp want to go for an issue from the internet yeah before we do i will say you could probably of all the podcasts that that could have been asked this question i feel we are the least prepared uh to have answered that question to be honest <laughs> so derek i want to let you know that in the time that it took you to read that question the contents of the question I died of fury, descended into hell, 
fought the devil because I had things I had to do back on Earth and clawed my way from the pit back to my seat. All these cowboy coding lone wolf dildos who think they're not, you know, they're not doing in this exact moment what what they want to be doing and thus everyone else is wasting their time like yeah that's that's kind of the bane of my existence so yeah thanks derek for for reading this question and raising my blood pressure let me check my fitbit and see what my fucking heart rate has spiked to while we're sitting here listening to this it just says call the hospital <laughs> it's like just stop just stop hmm, weird no like yeah i i and part of me i get it nobody likes to sit in meetings except for me because i'm filled with evil and i want to watch other people suffer <laughs> Um, he may be the reason that these these meetings are going so long, uh, either because of his incompetence or his obstinance. Obviously, self-congratulatory dildo. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. They're, they're I, so... For some reason, I had the mental flash of, like, an actual product called a self-congratulatory dildo. <laughs> um, and, I'm, and my brain just went off on a tangent on, what does that mean? What? <laughs> What could that product really, uh, really tout as its benefits? Um, I'm doing such a good job. It's got like a yay. little speaker at the base of it. And it just, it <laughs> says about uh, randomized 25 different phrases. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm getting you right to Flavortown. <laughs> anyway. I'm so mad, Derek. I'm so mad. I was about to ask if, if you had succumbed to your fury. <laughs> Look, Frank, uh, you brought this on yourself from bringing up clams in like three different different situations. Um, I wouldn't have done it if I thought you were going to do this, Derek. <laughs> uh, revenge is a dish best served cold, unlike clams. You uncontrollably blasting from all orifices <laughs> is far more funny <laughs> than making me face the horrors I have to face every day at work. I mean, at least from here, I I don't know. I one of the many services that I provide is immersion therapy, and this is a safe space for you to encounter all the things uh, that cause you so much pain. And I suppose at the end of the day, if the project manager was any good at their job, they would be able to succinctly and eloquently explain exactly the value people will get from this meeting. So perhaps at the end of the day, the, the issue really lies with the project manager all along. That's me looking deep inside, Derek. Deep inside. That, that's, that's all we wanted for you, Frank. This whole podcast. Has just been to teach you that maybe, maybe it's your fault. Sometimes. This was the longest and least effective goddamn intervention I have ever heard. <laughs> this question made me start cocaine. So I think we've... <laughs> but, but it's we've okay. We've done the opposite of an intervention. 